You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. NFTs are the hot new thing driving the world crazy. Non-fungible tokens, mainly used for collectibles and art. The NBA is selling short video clips for hundreds of thousands of dollars. The Oscars are offering NFTs in gift bags. Digital artists are selling their artwork for millions of dollars. People are even selling their tweets as collectibles. Why are these digital keepsakes so valuable? Because the idea is that you can keep them forever, because they're on the blockchain. That's what Aaron Gooch thought until his NFT disappeared. You purchased an NFT and then it went missing. A few weeks ago, um, the day before uh, Daft Punk announced their breakup, a user had created an account on Rarible pretending to be Daft Punk, releasing several NFTs for sale. i huge fan of Daft Punk. Um, I heard that they broke up and then I saw that there was NFTs available. I felt yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I'll buy one of these and see what happens. Within 24 hours, the NFT was no longer visible on their site, which to some would make it seem like this doesn't exist. I just paid for something that doesn't exist. And uh, that's not cool. Did you write to them and say, hey, I want a refund or I want my image back? What did they say? They weren't really going to help me in any way. They just said it's on the blockchain. It's on the blockchain. Luckily, Aaron is also the chief technology officer at Realio Fund and can work his way around a blockchain. So he knew how to do some sleuthing and read through those tea leaves and figure out where this image actually is and, and actually get it. The real key was finding the NFT contract that Rarible used to create the NFT. So in my case with Rarible, they had a contract address, but that address had over 200,000 tokens in it. You have to know which token ID was the NFT that you got issued, I'm then able to go and look at that contract through a blockchain explorer. From there, you can get all the information that exists on the blockchain, which is solely the the API that has all the metadata, and then copy the the link for the image, and then paste that in, and I get the image on my browser. Oof. Now, most people think that when they're buying an NFT, they're getting this image that will sit in their account on that website. But what they're actually getting is a bunch of metadata on a blockchain. Do people understand really what they're buying? I don't think so. I don't think they fully grasp what they're buying. Um, and that's part of the problem. Mazakoven, otherwise known as Vignesh Sundarasan, spent $69 million on this piece of art. It's a compilation of 5,000 digital images that took 13 years for the artist people to make. I think the, uh, uh, this is a significant piece in art history. But what did that buyer actually get for his $69 million? What they got was a digital representation of Beeple's artwork for $69 million. That company that sold you the NFT, you're buying their metadata. You're buying descriptions of what the artwork actually is or what it's presented to be. Wait, what? Didn't I purchase an image? Well, inside the token you purchased, there's actually nowhere for an image to even go. And it would be unimaginably expensive to actually store a 300 gigabyte file in the ERC721 token like the Beeple piece. What's in the token is just an address pointing somewhere on the internet. 
And if you go to that address, you'll usually find a file that contains data about your image that you purchase. There's an image URL, there's a description, there's a name, and that's pretty much what you bought. If you follow that second link that's in the description, you'll find where your image is stored. And sometimes that link is just to the company's website. Websites can go <laughs> dead. Uh, you can have companies change out what exists at the website. You're at the mercy of these companies because you don't control the metadata. You don't control um, what you actually bought. And really they can pull the rug out from underneath you. They can change the image that you see. They can change the attributes. They can change the name, the description, everything. It, they control that data. You don't control it at all. They might not mess with your image intentionally. The company itself just might not last. If the company is using their private servers to control the images, then if the company goes bust, then your assets have gone bust as well. This is the biggest gotcha to NFTs. As anyone knows who's ever bookmarked a web page, sometimes websites change. Page structures are updated and old bookmarks land at that dreaded 404. The same can happen to NFTs. Your token stored in the blockchain points to a link and this link can go away. If the site you purchased the NFT from decides they no longer want to host the image for any reason, all you have is a cryptographically secured dead link that you likely paid unreasonably high ETH gas fees to acquire. And unlike your bookmark, this dead link is now on chain forever. Now, one way some NFT platforms help prevent this is by using an IPFS link instead. IPFS is basically a decentralized storage system. An IPFS link points to an asset in a decentralized system, and that asset could potentially exist at multiple locations in that system instead of a single server. If your file is on IPFS, then the NFT platform can't swap out information, change the image, or delete it entirely. Aaron's NFT was taken down from the website, but... The image still exists. I can still go and download it off, off IPFS. That doesn't mean that IPFS is a silver bullet. These things can just drop offline if no one's using them, right? If nobody is asking for the file and the server needs space for new files to be uploaded, it just drops that file that hasn't been looked at in a period of time. And there's no guarantee that there is a backup on any other IPFS server. So to stop it from disappearing, there are extra precautions you need to take, like paying for services like Pinata. The intent of those services is to make sure that files that exist on IPFS never, never disappear. And they do this by simply requesting the file periodically throughout the day. Now, if the IPFS server storing your files is run by the company that sold you your NFT, does that also provide a risk? It has a slight risk. You still have the problem that if I go away or my company goes away, the IPFS server can just disappear. But the good thing with IPFS because of the decentralization is that other IPFS servers that those companies don't control may have that file but there's no guarantee that it does. And some companies aren't even trying to decentralize these things. Bruno Skvork says that this is shocking. Bull Run Babes and Hashmarks both are absolutely wrecked without their respective servers. Your immutable digital art is ephemeral and will turn into placeholders within the next year. Sonic Blend says, half the time the NFT media asset is hosted on AWS, Google Cloud, or IPFS, which doesn't come with a guarantee of permanency and data redundancy. Tron dogs left without a trace, leaving users with metadata alone. What happens when more and more people start to lose access to what they thought was forever. This is all going to come crashing down at some point. It, it's inevitable. Um, either people wake up 
and see what they're spending their Ethereum on or their money on really is, you know, smoke and mirrors. This is a fundamental weakness of NFTs as they currently stand. Link rot will always be an issue. John Palmer thinks that if these images are no longer hosted anywhere in a couple of years, it will set NFT stuff back by a lot. So are NFTs complete vaporware that's going to disappear? No, absolutely not dead. Uh, they're not going away. Um, there, there definitely is room for improvement. Five, 10 years, I'm probably leaning on the side of being way bigger than anybody ever intended. And in some ways, it's just going to become more uh, entwined with our lives. You're going to start seeing, you know, uh, supermarkets giving out NFTs for, you know, shopping there and things like it's going to be, it's going to be so entwined into our regular lives in, you know, a decade that we'll look back at this conversation and just be like, wow, you know, it's what way over our heads. To watch the video version of this episode, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or library.io. I'm a Bitcoin, I'm